There's something very powerful about the presence of God, eh? Where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst. And I just I just feel most of us really we would we just wanted to soak. We just wanted to allow worship to wash over us and the power of his presence just, you know, touches and and um what is that awakens our souls but refreshes our souls. That's the heart. And the power of worship, what a joy, hey folks. You know, funny enough, hearing your kids singing in the background there, Nathan, is just was beautiful, you know, and how they worship. They do pronounce words in American accents in the worship though, but that's okay. <laughs> Running after. <laughs> but uh it's interesting. I actually put that verse up at the beginning of the of the of the meeting of the PowerPoint. It's in Psalm eight and it says this, O Lord our Lord. How majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man <laughs> that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him. Folks, I just, I get baffled every now and again that the God of all creation is mindful of us. That his thoughts, as it says in Psalm 139, are so vast that they would outnumber the grains of sand on the earth. Like that's, that's a lot of thoughts. And that's our God for us. And, you know, in the midst of all this, and this is obviously, as we've always said, not the ideal way to do things, but it's awakening us. It's building a robustness into us. You know, I was reading this last week in Luke, and not that I hadn't seen this before, but things are jumping out, you know, as you read the word of God. And obviously when God, Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and the disciples fell asleep and he was like, could you not like pray just one hour, you know, with me, but they were heavy eyed. But then there was that time where they went up onto the Mount of Transfiguration and, um, it says there that Peter, James, and John went with Jesus, but they also fell asleep while Jesus was obviously talking to the Father. And then and then when the glory came, they were very much so wide awake. <laughs> and I just think there is this is the hour we're living in, you know. God is awakening the church. And I'm fully confident that in the day of his power, as it says in Psalm 110, that we will be willing, his people, his troops, will be willing in the day of his power. And uh, he's awakening us. And I've got no doubt we will be ready as we align ourselves with God as what he's doing through this time and through the season and this hour um, that we're doing. So rise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you that we can hold it up. Thank you, Tracy and Nathan, for leading us beautifully and just singing over us and as we worship and declare the name of our of our mighty God. So... I just want to I just want to make mention for um, Bob and Pat this morning. I know you guys have logged on here, and it's been a it's been a hard weekend for you. Bob and Pat um, lost their son-in-law this weekend um, to bone marrow cancer, um, and I know it's been a journey and that with him. And you guys have prayed for him and believed God. So Bob and Pat, I know you on this call, and we just want to send our love to you guys. We know how devastating that must be for Katie and that and. Uh, Says Samuel, um, lost their fight to bone marrow. Sorry, yeah, so let me just mute you there. And, um, you know, and we, we send all our love and condolences to you guys, and we pray that God strengthens your hearts. But I do believe they were praying for Andrew's salvation. I, I do believe that the prayers of people are, are never discounted, okay? And at every moment, Jesus will always present himself. And show himself to be strong as the Messiah. And that and and I truly believe that Andrew was given that opportunity. Okay. And we speak life and strength over to you. And um, yeah, and as you walk through this, and I know it's hard when you're so far away and you want to be with Katie, but please know our love and our support and our prayers are with you at this time. I know for Janine Vasara Files, she also had a challenging week last night as her twenty nine year old son Kurt had a at a at a heart attack, which is is hectic. I know he's He's recovering, but um, it is just hectic. Janine, we just know that we are with you. And as we carry that family and prayer, uh, we walk through these things. And folks, as you can see, like, 
you know, these are tough times, man. These are challenging times. These last 18 months, two years have brought us to the depth of despair that have brought us to the depths of, of uh, trauma that we've walked and faced. Um, and I know a number of us in this community, the things that we've walked through, I know Zeta, you know, losing her son in February, but now um, a couple of weeks ago, lost her sister to, to COVID up in Pretoria, up in Joburg, you know, these are unprecedented. We can't, you can't make these things up in the reality of like, yeah, we'll be ready for it. We're in it. And it's how we walk through it and how we find strength in God. And that proverb that says, you know, when in times of trouble, if you falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength? We've needed to dig deep in times of strength. And there's a, there's a certain narrative, you know, that's going ar around the world right now about things and how we stand about stuff. But folks, we have to know we are not part of the world narrative. We are the people of God that walk in the light, that live in the light, who carry faith, hope, and love in our hearts. And I really want to, it's almost like a warning to us that we don't get caught up in the narrative of the world that is so um, provocative and so negative, but so aggressive in the way that it needs to be about certain stuff. And I feel we will talk into that a little bit more as we, as the weeks go by and really feel once we gather together to speak into this narrative that's going around the world that constantly wants to polarize us and we as the church must not get caught in the trap of being polarized between each other as the people of god and already that's it's a warning but it's also it's a guys we need to have love in our hearts we need to get past the judgment of each other and for, carry love in our hearts as we walk free and that verse really stuck out to me this last week as i've been reading it in 2 corinthians 10 where paul says why why must my liberty, my liberty be affected by your conscience? My conscience is free. But the way I think, the decisions that I make in the Almighty God because I'm mature, don't let your conscience affect my liberty. And that's a very powerful stance to have because we are free and for freedom, Christ has set us free. And there's, there's something powerful. We all have the chance to change the narrative. And I just want to ask Ryan couldn't to get ready on this on the call here and if he could put his video on. And we can see his handsome face there. But Ryan and Rox have uh, recently moved to Plumstead and uh, been on a journey. Ryan started a new job recently. But these, these are the little things I wanted to hear about being able to change the narrative about how things are and the context of things going around us. So, Ryan, I know you started that job in Pardon Island a couple of months ago. And it's been, you know, hectic getting things going. But recently now you... The guys that you work with, one guy that cycles something like, I think, 24 kilometers to work every day. Um, he was recently mugged on his way to work and had everything stolen. But maybe, Ryan, you step in and you just tell us the, the rest of the story and what you felt God just tell you to do in that time. Just unmute yourself. But there we go. Awesome. Uh, thanks, Sheldon. Sheldon, do you mind? I just want to switch my video off because I've noticed if I switch my video on, it lags a bit. So... That's if you fine. don't mind, I'm just going to switch my video off. That's fine, but we know who you are. Go for it. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've moved now from Fishhook to Plumstead. And uh, let me tell you, this side is the internet's not great. But anyways, uh, thanks, Sheldon. Um, yeah, just to recap, just before I get to where, you know, initially where this, this guy that uh, is one of our factory workers, where before he got mugged, um, it actually started when Rox and I moved to Plumstead and we moved from a fully furnished place to, you know, uh, to a place now where we had to buy furniture and, um, you know, we had to obviously spend quite a bit of money on buying new furniture, paying deposits, moving the kids to new schools, doing all those things. And, uh, you know, it was quite a tight month and I was like, you know, I said to Rox, we're really going to have to be really strict on budgeting. And I just kind of opened it to God and I said, God, you know, just make a way for us that we can get through this and, and you know, from next month we can carry on. And, um, you know, we just put our faith in God and we prayed about it. And then, you know, with COVID going on, people dying around us and family members and, and loved ones and friends and, every, and, you know, just random people that we know. Um, and then the looting that happened in, in Durban, which affected um, a lot of people, including, you know, my work. Um, and yeah, so I've got, I'm working for this company and I've got this guy, his name is Adrian. Um, and he cycles every morning. He gets, he starts work at six o'clock in the morning. So now in winter, he wakes up at half past four and he cycles to work 24 kilometers and cycles 24 k's home. And um, he was on his way to work on Tuesday. No, I lie. Sorry, it was Monday. He was on his way to work. 
And um, while he was on his way to work, two guys came up behind him when he stopped and they hit him with a brick on the, on the back of his shoulder and knocked him off his bike and uh, stole his bike and his cell phone and everything. And um, this man is the most incredible man. I, I've never met somebody that I've worked with that just comes to work every single day with an absolute smile, no matter what's going on in his life. Um, anyways, and uh, this, you know, he's really touched me, this man, and it was just, I felt such a sense of love towards him. And um, yeah, he came into work. He still came into work after being knocked off. His shoulder was actually, the, the brick actually cut him open and damaged his shoulder quite badly, including the fall. And we, we sent him home and I just came home and I, and I was just praying about it. And, uh, you know, it was towards the end of the month and I was like, you know what, I only budget for a certain amount. And I looked again and I was like, oh my word, I've got some money to actually help this man out. And um, I went and spoke to my staff and I said to him, look, I want to I wanna buy Adrian a bicycle and uh, I want to get him a bicycle again so he can get to work, you know, and back. And um, we found a bicycle and uh, brought it in. We put a little bow on it and we put it in the office and I made sure that we kind of did it in front of everyone. And um, I do have a lot of people at my work as well that are unbelievers, including Muslims. And, um, you know, we had the bicycle there and we called Adrian in and, and, I, and I spoke to him. And before we showed him the bicycle, I said, Adrian, you know, God has allowed a way for me to, to bless you. And, um, you know, I did this in front of um, people that are, like I said, non-believers and Muslims. And I said, God's allowed a way for me to bless you. And, um, you know, I, 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 wanna, I bought you a bicycle. Well, actually, I bought you a bicycle, but God made a way for it. And, um, you know, as soon as we took him around the corner, showing the bicycle, this man just broke down into tears. He just cried and cried and cried to a point where he was actually shaking. And, um, you know, his previous life, he came from actually gangsterism back in the day from gangsterism. And the, you, the person he is now, you'd never, ever assume that that's the life that he came from. It's, it's, it was unreal. And um, anyways, we gave him the bicycle and... Um, I just turned around to, to all the staff in, in my office and I just said, guys, you know, there's so much going on in this world where things are going so wrong, but God allows us and gives us, you know, he, he gives us the power in order to change the narrative and to change things and to bring light and hope to people. And it doesn't necessarily always have to be the biggest thing that you do. It can be something small, but we as people and as, as, as followers of Christ, we are, you know, in a position to, to bless people, no matter what it is, and to change the whole situation of what we're currently facing in South Africa. I mean, there's so many people that are going through so many tough times, but we, as a community and as people of God, can change that, and it's up to us to do that. And um, yeah, I just want to encourage each and every one of you, if you've got the opportunity to help somebody, if you've got the opportunity to change the current you know, circumstances that we're facing in this world, then do so, and do so because... <laughs> I've never, you know, I've received many things. You get your gifts for your birthday and for Christmas and you get gifts like from your wife randomly or from your kids, whoever it might be. But there's nothing better than giving. And I don't know why God would make, or well, actually God makes that feeling so good to give because that's what he, he's put in every single one of us. He wants us to give. He wants us to be cheerful givers and to, and to bless people because we are the ones that can change things on this earth through the power that he gives us and what he and what he allows for so yeah i just want to encourage everyone just continue to bless people continue to be the positive light in other people's lives where everything else around them seems like it's falling apart yeah fantastic fantastic well done ryan well done because guys i just want to i want to just stress that those little moments where you feel the holy spirit lead you and as ryan said we were praying on friday morning we do it on zoom he said the atmosphere in my office changed from one of despair to one of hope and actually that's the power of these little things we do when we are obedient to the spirit of god he will provide he will make a way i remember you've heard that story i said when i bought that lady in my office flowers she was an older lady okay and uh and she had a bit of an attitude towards this youngster with all his kind of vibe i didn't have a vibe but 25 years later we're still friends because I shifted something over her because I was obedient to what God said. And that's exactly what Ryan did. And I want to just commend you, bro, for stepping out and doing that. Because, you know, we have the opportunity, folks. We are the light. And we shine in the darkness through the power that's inside of us. So if you do have moments like this, please share your testimonies with us. Please tell us about them. Because these are the stories we need to hear to perpetuate hope, to perpetuate life. 
And the reality is the difference between Ryan just buying a bicycle for somebody and saying, oh, well, here we go. You know, have a bike. It's, you know, you need to get to work back and forth. No, no, his motivation was love, was concern, was empathy and compassion. And that's our Jesus. And that's what we carry with love when we do these things. So thanks for sharing, Ryan. Really, really. Just quickly, just on that atmosphere, it's something I really want to mention is that, you know, we're going through a really tough time at work at the moment where we're cutting a lot of costs and there's a lot of changes happening. And the week before that, I told my staff about the changes that are taking place and it caused, there was a lot of sourness in, in, in the work environment. Um, I mean, people weren't coming into work, like saying good morning to each other. There was, there was something missing. And the moment after we did this for Adrian, um, or that God did this for Adrian, I have seen a complete different demeanor in each and every single person that's come into the office. Now people are coming in, they're laughing, they're smiling, they're greeting each other. There's just, there's a sense of like, you know, we've all achieved something together through God. And, and yeah, it's, it's not always that you feel good when you give, but it's what you do around you and how you kind of show people around you what you can do, you know, with God on your side. And I just want to, yeah, it's just amazing how many people's lives you can touch and change just by doing something that God wants you to do. Yeah, yeah. brilliant, bro. Brilliant, brilliant. It's the small acts of kindness. Small acts of kindness. Brilliant, eh? Fantastic. Well, guys, we've got uh, the one and only Mr. Matt Partridge in the hot seat this morning. He is streaming live from Bay City Church. I think he's the only one who's legitimately at church. <laughs> he's at the church building. So, yeah, Matt, unmute yourself, brother. And uh, really excited to hear from you this morning and, uh, and what you have on your heart this morning. So go for it. I'm tech support in the back for him. So go for it, my bro. Cool. Can you guys hear me okay? Good. Cool. Yeah, I know you want a church, empty building here. But yeah, it's good. To, it's, there's something cool about being in church, actually. Um, I think, I guess it's convenient living next door um, in the complex next door. So that's cool. Yeah, and th I just want to say thanks to Ryan. It's so cool to be able to speak on the back of a, a good friend sharing a testimony. So um, yeah, I felt quite emotional, I guess, hearing Ryan's testimony because just being part of that journey of him with work and you know all that he's persevered through and stuff. And now he's there um yeah making an impact through you know essentially that's that's gospel living you know living it out not um yeah living out the gospel so that's amazing bro um yeah i've been feeling a bit nervous to share because obviously i haven't done any zoom sharing before but now that i'm speaking it's <laughs> i guess it's it's not it's not it's not too bad um but i was thinking it'd be it's almost easier standing in the auditorium sharing to all of you guys and getting faces and, and agreements, and you know, that's how it is at the Bay. Um, but yeah, I think um, when Sheldon was asking, you know, people to share, I've, I've been reading quite thoroughly through um, the armor of God lately. And in doing this, I um, was kind of just trying to figure out like, God, what are you trying to tell me through this? You know, like I've read it so many times. A lot of you guys have read through the armor of God so many times, but what specific like life lesson this guy trying to pull through it because there's a lot in there. Um, so when I was thinking this a couple of weeks ago, I just want to tell you two kind of stories about kind of why I'm sharing what I'm sharing on. So a couple of weeks ago, I took a few young guys to a life coach. Um, and basically I, I sat in the session and this life, life coach was speaking about life, about, you know, character development, all those sort of things. And as, as he was there, so there was three, three, yeah, three teenagers from, I guess, surrounding communities here. And the, the word he was speaking on that session was resilience. And the, this is the word he was focusing on. And when he was speaking on this word, he brought out three things. He brought out an elastic band, a paper clip, and a spoon. Okay, I know that sounds quite random, but, but yeah. So elastic band, a paper clip, and a spoon. And what he did was he asked the three young people, which he explained obviously what resilience means in terms of kind of getting back up when, when, when things knock you down. But he asked them, what, what item do you think is the most resilient? And each of the three students chose a different item, which I think he was very excited about. So the one girl said, I think the elastic band is the most resilient because it's the most flexible. The one guy said, um, I think the spoon is the most resilient because it's the hardest, it's the strongest. But then it really stirred me what the third guy said. He said he thinks the paperclip is the most resilient because 
it's in between. It's got some sort of elastication to it, but it's also got the strength because it's got metal inside of it. And then he said, but each one, this young 13-year-old boy said, but each one has its own individual ability. Each one is different and each one has its own strength. And I was just like, flip this, this kid. I think, um, as you guys know, I've been doing youth ministry for years and years now. And um, I've always said to my wife, you know, I want to always be the type of person that can always be challenged by the youth. You know, even when I'm in my 70s, I want, I want to be the type of person that teenagers can challenge around things. And I feel like I learn so much more. I feel like I learn more than they do through doing youth ministry because these young people teach me so much in, in their perspectives of life and things like that. So, yeah, it was interesting. And then it went on to obviously speak about, um, on the back of resilience, our mental, emotional, and spiritual resilience, those three things. And, yeah, I think, you know, I've just been feeling a lot lately, you know, and, and journeying with people and journeying with families and people from all walks of life that, like, people's mental resilience is struggling. You know, they're struggling to get back up. You know, you think depression, anxiety, fear, you know, these things are really knocking us down. Um, emotionally, you know, the, the losses, you know, Sheldon just spoke about it earlier, the losses people are going through, that emotional resilience is, is difficult. And spiritually as well, I think when, when we take those sort of knocks mentally and, and emotionally, we struggle spiritually. We don't feel in the mood to spend time with God. We don't feel like we want to connect with God, but you know, that's what we need to do. We need to walk with God. So that's kind of why, so this word resilience has been something I've been sitting with for a couple of weeks. And then last, last week was quite incredible because Kathleen spoke on resilience a bunch of times. Um, so I, I wrote down some notes here from last week and I just want to share it with you guys. So, well, a couple of weeks ago, my dad shared on faith for healing. And then last week, Kathleen shared on the spirit of fear and she spoke about resilience is when something hard happens, you get back up. Um, so you get back up. And she spoke about we're in the valley of decision. And I'll, I'll touch on that a bit later. But then it was interesting. I was reading the comments as Kathleen was sharing. And Warren and Kirsten, who um, basically said, it's time to stand strong. Okay. And it was just amazing that they shared those words on the back of what I was sharing on today. Um, and when I read about the armor of God, you'll see why. But then Nadine also shared Romans 6.13, and she said, instruments equals weapons. So it was kind of just confirming a lot of kind of what I wanted to share today. Um, yeah, and what I, wanted to, what I wanted to kind of speak on. I've got a lot of um, notes and thoughts in, in this book here. So just bear with me as I flip through pages. Um, so yeah, I want to I just read through Ephesians. Sheldon's going to put it up. Um, so Ephesians 6.10 to 20. I'm reading from um, ESV. Yeah, here we go. So finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we did not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the, the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on re the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I'm an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Cool. So, so in, in, um, yeah, through the scripture, it speaks about standing about, it says stand four times. So I thought it was amazing when Warren and Kirsten shared that. Um, and, it, and just the concepts I want to take out. So it says stand four times in, in that. And in verse 10, it says be strong in the Lord, be strong in his mind. Um, and yeah, so something I was just feeling, you know, just, just this concept of resilience, you know, it's standing firm. It's, it's 
you know when when we're when we're hit with these obstacles when we're hit with life's difficult times it's it's these knocks all the time but god is calling us to stand firm um and sorry i'm, I'm losing my place here um hold on a second yeah so just just to go back quickly so because i i could go through all the different sections of the armor but it's going to take ages so but when I, I was kind of just reading a bit about ephesians and ephesus and just kind of trying to find out more you know people it says about the armor of god as a roman roman soldier i was trying to find out more specifics practically i'm such a practical person kind of i need to visualize these things so ephesus was a port city in the roman province of asia um and paul likely wrote wrote ephesians whilst under house arrest in rome so I was looking up about the Roman shield specifically, because I think when people show kind of a, a cool picture of like a, a warrior, it, it's, it's with this kind of small little shield and they're running with it. But the Roman shield was, was kind of, was a big wraparound shield. And essentially what it was, was that the, the soldier would hide behind this huge wraparound shield. But not just that, they, they would be, they would almost create a wall. So there'd be a whole lot of people together. So there'd be, this concept of unity in war, they, they would have to be teamwork. And if they split away, then obviously these arrows and stuff would be able to get through the shield. So I found that very interesting. So obviously there's, there's I don't know, Sheldon, you can stick it back up, is verse 16, which speak on the shield of faith. And this is what I wanted to kind of focus on. Um, I just found it interesting that it speaks about all the armors armor of God but in verse 16 it says in all circumstances take up the shield is it there yeah there we go at the bottom there so in all circumstances take up the shield of faith and that's the only kind of um armor section that that speaks about that in, in terms of highlighting in all circumstances take up the shield of faith obviously it also tells us to, to um, put on the whole armor of God but in this situation it says in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Um, so yeah, I can put it back off again. I just wanted to kind of highlight that again. But um, yeah, so those those flaming darts of the evil one, you know, I've just been in journeying with young people and journeying with families and stuff. I've been kind of just trying to um, get a get a get a bit of perspective in terms of what people are going through and what people are going through and what what are these flaming dots what are these flaming arrows of the evil one and you know i think now more than ever you know people are i think it's it's a reality that people are struggling more than i've ever ever known from joining people with depression and anxiety and as kathleen spoke about last week fear um emotional things losing loved ones all these sort of things like I mean, it's crazy. My dad spoke two weeks ago about a, a family friend of ours that's that's yeah, very old with, with cancer. Um, but then we've got another friend of ours who was kind of my um, first youth leader, I think, when I was young, and Peter Merritt spoke, who's also got cancer. And I think it's the it's the reality that even in this time of COVID, there's so much other things that are happening. I've never heard of so many people having cancer. I've never heard of so many people um, obviously losing loved ones, so not just COVID, but other things. And I think yeah, these, these flaming arrows are, are, are getting to us, but there's so much hope in, in this reliance on God. And I wrote down here, resilience requires reliance, okay? not on us, but on God. And, you know, as, we, as you think about a battlefield and you think about um, uh, an armored warrior on a battlefield, um, I think the reality is, and I, almost picture myself walking out into battlefield but the reality is in a lot of these moments we try to take these things on by ourselves and it's a crazy picture but the reality is when we try to take these things on ourselves it's like just in our casual clothes we're walking up by ourselves into the middle of a battlefield like no protection nothing and it, it speaks about put on the whole armor of god and in in this time we so need to do that and um just essentially to stand and persevere through these times with that whole armor on. And just that picture of, you know, as you are now sitting at home, walking into a battlefield with arrows flying at you, you've got no protection. 
Um, but that's essentially what we're doing when we try to just be like, look, I've gone through this thing. I can get through on my, on my own. You know, I listen to a whole bunch of TED Talks on resilience and they're really cool, but a lot of them are about us, us persevering, us getting through, us doing this. And I've just, I just, I see people trying it all the time and failing all the time. And I think even what, what, um, yeah, what Ryan was sharing just about, you know, in this workplace and essentially, you know, him doing those things, it's clear God's moving in amongst this time. Um, and I'm going to show a video a bit later about God, for me, clearly, God moving in, within a studio, and I think it's in Hollywood, probably, and um, God, God really doing something powerful there. Um, but yeah, I just feel the sense that just in this time, we need to rely on God. So yeah, just that, that line, resilience requires reliance. Um, a reliance on God, not, it's not about us. Um, it's really, really not about us. So, yeah, and um, in the video I'm going to share in a little bit, it speaks, or it also speaks about, um, there's a song that's going to be sung. Um, and in the song, they speak about marching on, marching on to the beat of the drum. And essentially the song, for me, describes resilience so much in the concept of, um, of just what people go through and, and, and kind of stepping up and, 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 and pushing through. So another thing I was thinking of in terms of not to just highlight a few, I think there's a lot of people in the world that are resilient and amazing people. And I guess I'll admit it, the Springboks were resilient last night, in the, yesterday in the rugby. So they did well there um, in that second half. So, but when I think of resilience and just in terms of the, 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 the people I'm joining with, the people I'm getting to know, the families that I've seen, and just over the past five years, you know, and being involved, having the real privilege of being involved with Siakula over the past couple of years, a lot of the programs that we've been doing have been um, obviously a lot around mums and children. Um, and when I look at mums, there's just this concept of resilience that blows me away. I'm not saying dads aren't resilient, but I'm, there's just something about mums, and I think especially in South Africa for me, about moms and mothers and yeah, mothers just being such a symbol of resilience for me um, in terms of, yeah, I guess the amount of single moms we have um, within our church community and within communities around us. And having a son now, I don't know how, how moms are able to do it alone, but, but they are. And we have so many young people in our youth that are, that are incredible young people that are raised by single moms. Um, and that kind of just blows me away. So yeah, I just wanted to say that we've got a lot to learn from our moms in terms of resilience. Um, and yeah, and I wasn't gonna share this because I didn't wanna kind of, um, what's the word, use this in a talk or seem like that, but I'm gonna share it anyway, cause I'm just feeling like I should, but I think, the journey for me becoming a dad um, and stepping into fatherhood, I guess I thought it would really, um, I, th I, I thought I was someone who was resilient. Um, I thought I was someone who, who had been through a lot. Um, and I think my first big battle of resilience was probably about, must have been in about 2013. I was, um, I used to run an abseil of Tail Mountain. So we'd send people like over the edge of the mountain from the, near the cable car. And one day I was standing on the edge of a cliff essentially on, on my safety ropes and things like that. And it was like a brick wall hit me and I collapsed on the edge of the cliff. I had clients there obviously ready to go down the mountain um, on these ropes, but I was just lying there in front of clients, in front of colleagues. And basically it was this vertigo spell that hit me and I, everything just started spinning. I had to obviously um, unclip and, and go, go away. And on and off for about a year, I would have these spells of vertigo that would just hit me completely randomly. I'd be in a meeting with people, I'd be riding on my motorbike and I'd get hit by this vertigo and I'd be vomiting throughout the night. And it was just, it was a horrible time. My younger sister, Emily, who I was living with at the time, who's on, on, on this call, she, she'll remember it very well. Um, but I think in that time, I had to show resilience 
And I remember being one of probably the toughest times physically um, for me. But and in that moment, I would have never ever thought, look, God's building my resilience, God's building my resilience. Um, but when I look back on it now, I realized God really did do something within me to build, to build up my resilience. Um, and now when I'm going through kind of those sort of physical things on and off, I'm able to look back at that and be like, look, like I can, I can get through. I was, I was hiking a, um, some girls, a group of girls yesterday, um, a group of like teenage girls up, up on tail mountain yesterday. And I was just sharing because they, they really want to hike Devil's Peak, but they haven't done any hiking yet. So we, we did a small hike along the pike track in Camps Bay um, yesterday. And I was just explaining to them how they need to build their way up to that um, and how they need to get strength. And I said, for me, not that I'm um, blowing my own horn or anything, but like I would be fine going up Devil's Peak because I've been hiking for like 12 years. But for them, they need to build up that strength. They need to build up that strength to be able to get through that. So when I, when I talk about resilience to you guys, one thing I'm not going to promise is that challenges aren't going to come your way going forward and that tough things aren't going to come your way going forward you know, in this world and in life. But the reality is when we, when we grow in our walk with God, when we become reliant on God, we become stronger to face those things. Um, and that's, that's been such a testimony of my own life is that um, life challenges haven't stopped coming but I'm able to face them because I know, look, I can look to God. I can rely on God in these times. And what I said earlier about, about um, wanting to be kind of challenged by young people, I feel, feel like young people have a lot of resilience. Um, and our young people within the Bay, our teenagers have a lot of resilience. I can promise you that. Um, but I never ever thought that I would learn so much from a, a one and a half year old. Um, about resilience and, and my son, I'm getting a bit emotional sharing this, but I think in my life at the moment, probably one of the biggest examples of resilience is my one and a half year old son. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. Um, I wasn't going to share this. I was talking to Jan about it last night, but just as I'm speaking about it now, and I could see a picture of them earlier and I just thought I'd share it. Um, yeah, sure. I'm not someone who normally cries a lot, but Kathleen started something last week and now it's following on to me. Um, but yeah, I just want to highlight this, guys, like this concept of resilience. I'm going to play a video, video just now, um, but just in this time, whatever you guys are going through, I think, you know, as a, when we talk about mental health, when you talk about, you know, depression, anxiety, fear, um, losing loved ones, going through emotional trauma, essentially, um, and just our spiritual walks with God, also taking knocks. I think um, we need to learn to rely on God. We need to learn to take up this whole armor. Um, I spoke specifically about the shield of faith because I just feel like as we, as we are resilient and, and take that step up, there's almost that concept of faith as we step up, as we take up that wraparound shield in community and we face these things, we face these errors, we face these darts, and we just be like, cool, let's, let's, let's go, let's do this. Let's fight these things. Um, we need faith in order to fight these things. We need faith in order to, in order to persevere, in order to endure, and in order to be resilient. Um, so yeah, I'm going to play a video now, just to kind of end things off, and then I'll pray after the video. That's cool. Um, but I just want to explain this video. So basically, I don't know if you guys have seen this movie. I'm not a huge fan of musicals, to be honest. But this is a movie called The Greatest Showman, um, and basically, in a nutshell. I might ruin the movie for some of you guys, but anyway, in a nutshell, um, these there's a lot of people, outcasts, people that look different, people that are, I guess, rejects of society, and they essentially get put into a circus. Um, and and in this time, a lot of obviously things happen to them. They get insulted, they get knocked down, they get all these things. But there's this one part in the movie when they sing this song. Um, it's called This Is Me. And it's essentially, it's essentially um, this group of people, this group of people that have felt cast aside, pushed aside. Um, they don't have anything to offer. Um, stepping up and being like, essentially, we're going to be resilient. You know, we're going to push through. No matter what comes our way, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna push through. I could have easily sent Sheldon the, the nice clip of the movie with the words, 
but I've sent a different clip and the clip is in the studio when they, when they sing it for the first time. And um, there's just something so powerful about it. And I feel like God's definitely doing something in the studio room. The movie itself, if you haven't seen it, I would encourage you to watch it. It's really, there's a lot of powerful songs and I feel like a lot of them could be like worship songs. It's, it's, it's pretty incredible. But um, I, when you guys are watching it, just watch, I want you to watch this lady's transition. Um, she transitions from tears. Obviously, she's going through something in her life, like in reality, not just in the movie, because they're shooting this in the studio, just casually. This isn't a, and then she goes from tears to this, this moment of resilience, this moment of we're going to push through, and then it, it ends with joy, like this contentness of like, come on. So there's something in her singing that she's actually battling through. And as well, you must watch, um, I'm sure most of you guys know Hugh Jackman. Some of you guys might not, but he's the guy, she holds his hand at one point in, in it. Just watch him at one point, he, he kind of starts crying and he points up. Um, and yeah, I just, yeah, for me, it's just God moving in this, in, in, in this studio. So have a watch and then I'll, and then I'll pray and close at the end. Benjamin and Justin have just written this new song called This Is Me. And uh, we knew that it was gonna be the anthem of the film, um, but no one had heard it before. And no one had heard Kiala sing it live. And Kiala, who I didn't even wanna come out from behind the music stand. I didn't. I, I kept saying to her, just step out, because this is your moment and you have to step out into the ring, metaphorically, because that's what you're doing. And you got to stand right there in front of everyone and just belt this out. And I didn't want to. In fact, I stood behind that music stand yeah. until the day of that presentation. There was a moment in the song that I actually was so scared that I had to actually grab Hugh's hand so that I had somebody to hold on to. And then we got to the end of the number. And all I remember is just deafening, deafening applause. It was a sort of otherworldly experience. It was one of those moments that will stay with me the rest of my life. Unfortunately, we filmed it. I'm not a stranger to the dark. Hide away, they say, because we don't want your broken parts. I've learned to be ashamed of all my scars. Run away, they say, no one will love you as you are. But
yeah that um it just gives me goosebumps every time i watch that video um yeah it's really it's really just powerful and yeah i yeah i don't have much more to say i'm just going to pray for us and yeah my god i thank you that you know even even through this season of just these these difficulties these flaming arrows you know essentially being shot um and as a lot of people on this group and and the rest of our church community have have taken on those things and taken on those difficulties and 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 those struggles we we thank you that we have a god and we have a father who who we can be reliant on we thank you that jesus walked on this earth and showed us what resilience was um and we thank you that as the song says we can we can step up we can take on this whole arm of god and we can we can march on um and god i just pray that you'll help each and every one of us in community you know supporting one another to to march on through these difficulties you know through yeah and help us to be mentally spiritually and emotionally resilient to to you know to be what, what's been thrown our way and what's coming our way god we we thank you that uh, an army is really being raised up here at the base of the church and we we are so thankful that we, we can do this together and we can do this with with a with a leadership who love us with a church community who, who love us but ultimately with a god who love us and yeah i just pray that whatever people are going through um even if it's not a practical thing but a, an emotional spiritual thing that yeah you'll help us to be help us to be resilient in your name amen 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 well done matt you know, if you're gonna play anything from the greatest showman, you're gonna you're gonna get me fired up, bro. You're gonna get me going because when I watched that clip when Matt sent it to me last night, I mean that movie inspired me beyond belief because the thought that I had with the watching that clip last night, you know, this is essentially what David did. He hired and paid musicians to create music and moments like that. I think this is where we need to believe the church needs to go. We free up our musicians and stuff to just play music and create moments because something happens when people are released and walking into the true they truly are, which requires a resilience to press through. And uh, Matt, blessed you today. Thanks for sharing from your heart. Great to see you, a bit emotional there as well. The When we have kids in our lives, kids bring about some depths of emotions that we didn't realize were there of things that we feel and are passionate about. So just beautiful to see and it is it's the shield of faith i want to read one verse to us here that is from 1 john 5 and it speaks about he says speaks about overcoming the world and he says you know from verse 1 everyone who believes that jesus christ has been born of god and everyone who loves the father loves whoever has been born of him by this we know that we love the children of god when we love god and obey his commandments for this love of god that that uh, we keep his commandments and that his commandments are not burdensome that's powerful too he has the key verse for everyone who has been born of god overcomes the world no matter what we're facing no matter what we're walking through now and this is the victory that has overcome the world our faith go and read that verse go and take encouragement from that verse this morning who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that jesus is the son of god that's who we know that's our mighty god and stuff so matt thank you my brother well shared it's great to hear it from a young person about encouraging us to be resilient and press through because often we think younger people have got more energy and you just plow through life and you know you don't have much that the older guys we are facing more no we're all facing stuff and just really encouraging and folks the good news is kathleen has got an after party to share for this morning so without further ado and uh, without failing and letting us down there's an after party from the main bedroom <laughs> <laughs> um hi everyone matt outstanding phenomenal and i think tears in this season are a good thing they're cleansing really cleansing um <clears throat> so yeah it has been a week in the household of the kidwells but we are alive strong and we are bouncing back um so before you think that i was in prayer all week because i was not i can tell you that when you are sick with the covid um you don't want to pray to be honest i, I, I my spiritual levels went completely backwards 
And I felt so guilty. And all God kept saying was, um, sorry, my love, in your weakness, I am made strong. So that was a little reminder. But yesterday I felt some energy. I really felt a turnaround day for myself. And I went and spent some time with him. And I, I got this picture of Aslan, of the Lion of Judah. And I was on a mountaintop with him. And I was weak. I was battered. I was bruised. And he began to roar. And as I looked out on what he was roaring over, he was roaring over my life. He was roaring over my friend's life, over the church, over our community, over our nation. And he said to me, I have roared. No man, no plan of the enemy, no demon can stop my roar. And then he said to me, rest. And that what he wanted me to do was to just nuzzle in to the most magnificent mane on this lion. It was so soft. It was so comforting. And I feel people that we are, he is drawing us into this place of leaning into Aslan, of leaning into the roar of the lion of Judah. The enemy gets us stuck in a place of having to do more, pray more, do more, pray more, do more. And the Lord is saying, I've roared. I've done it. You now rest, speak in faith and believe. And in Revelations 5, 5, it says, stop. Then one of the elders said to me, stop weeping. Stop weeping. Look, the mighty lion of Judah's tribe, the root of David, he has conquered. He is the worthy one who can open the scroll and its seven seals. And that's what I want to leave with us today. Yes, we've been weak, we've been battered, we've been bruised, but where there is a resilience that comes into the people of God, when we understand that the Lion of Judah has roared, and when we understand that that is a full stop and not a comma, that is not a comma that the enemy gets to add on what he wants to add on. It is a full stop. So no matter what you're facing, if you want to cry for days, you can cry for days. If you want to laugh, you can laugh. But simple things from Sunday school, put on the full armor of God. I love it in the passion. It says, for every battle, put on the wraparound shield of faith. And then it says about the helmet of salvation. It says in the passion, it says that it will stop the lies. There are so many lies out there at the moment. So much fear masking itself as wisdom. So many lies masking themselves as truth. Eyes on the Lion of Judah and his roar. And we are overcoming. We are some of the most resilient people on the face of this planet. And you know what it takes? Just doing one simple act of kindness will change a person's life. That's all God wants us to do. So be filled of faith. Lean into the lion. He has roared. It's a full stop. It's not a comma. And we keep going. I love you guys. Thank you for the messages. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the food, the kiddles. We've conquered COVID. We're moving on because we've got some ground to take. Love you all. <laughs> yeah, we've conquered. We have conquered. There's something powerful about a resilient people. Eh? The underdog. Never underestimate the underdog. The Lions felt that yesterday when the Springboks are the underdogs. Look what happened. Ilana, uh, you've got your thing. You want to unmute there? Hi, everyone. Um, it seems like the, um, the analogy of animals are quite um, pertinent today. <clears throat> I have a feather here. And no, it's not an angel feather. <clears throat> it's an ostrich feather. I've been um, walking past these blinds at the back the whole week, and I've seen this feather stuck in my blinds. And it is, um, it's a duster, and it was obviously when the, when the um, blinds were, were, were cleaned and dusted off, it got stuck in there. And this morning, God just shone a light on this feather, and I was like, what do you want to say, God? So, um, so I felt God say, just, just read up about an ostrich. So I research on an ostrich now ostrich is not the 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 prettiest of animals and quite a funny funny looking animal right so um we won't necessarily think that an ostrich has a lot to offer to the animal kingdom <laughs> uh 
Um, an ostrich also eats everything and anything, and um, he can actually stomach that. But then I read a very interesting thing, which I feel really, really um, just sinks into what we're talking about today and what Matt was speaking about, speaking about and Ryan and Kathleen. An ostrich, when he's out in the field, just doing his thing, gazing among some of the animals like the antelope, the zebras, um, rhinos, um, the giraffes, just by being present among them, his presence can actually save those animals from danger. Because an ostrich, it said, he, um, he's, he's so aware of danger coming that his very um, reaction to danger alert the other animals that danger is there. So just by being there among the other animals, he saves their lives. And I just felt like God wanted us to know that us, his children, just by being present in situations, in our families, being present with his presence inside of us, with his spirit inside of us, being present as at work, like Ryan was just present and he just followed what God was saying, just a, just an ostrich among the people, just, just God's child there, um, actually bringing God's um, kingdom into that place and potentially saving lives by just being who God wants him to be. And I feel like God's saying that we are like an ostrich today um, his children and us in the world today, just our presence um, can save lives because we carry the light of Christ and we speak truth and love and we speak grace and faith and our presence in the lives of people around us. We don't have to do a lot. <laughs> and like Kathleen's saying, we resting, resting with Aslan, being in his presence, just and, but when we show up as God's children, God is using us already and he's going to use us to literally save people's lives spiritually and physically. And so I just wanted to encourage us with that today. Awesome. Thank you, Ilana. That is so key to be present in the present. Eh? And thank the Lord. The word doesn't say and we shall soar on wings of an ostrich. <laughs> oh, bless you all. Nathan, Tracy, thank you for the worship and singing over us this morning. Matt, thank you for sharing from the depths of your heart. And the ladies giving us another great after party today with stuff. Folks, I don't know when we're going to be back at meetings. There's a lot of talk in the background of churches saying no we're not going to just abide to these government things we're just going to be hearing and listening with what's going on the ground with stuff but there will come a day where we can just step up and we'll be back together again in worshiping but this is requiring resilience from us and this is where we press through this is where we stand firm and go and be present this week go and be present in your workplace go and be present in school because you carry the light as children of light well shared everybody so I encourage you again, we've got uh, Wild at Heart tonight at 6 p.m. Uh, the, the Zoom call is the same one that we did from the last month. And so I encourage men to join us. We need to be encouraged together. We need to touch on um, the realities of all that we're facing. So we stand together as a resilient people. So I encourage you again, turn your video on, unmute yourselves, speak blessings, speak life over everybody as we wave goodbye. And uh, go and take on another week as ostriches. Bye, everybody. Bye, 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 bye